You are now listening to The Legend of the Nameless. Welcome to our grand tale of whimsy, darkness, and the thirst for identity. Close your eyes, breathe in deep, and let me take you on a journey. In the soft luminescence of your island, under the watchful gaze of the crimson moon, your moment has arrived. Nameless you may be, but not for long. Prepare yourselves. The journey begins now. The light from the bioluminescent plants illuminates a figure, steadfast and noble, against the backdrop of perpetual twilight. Her name is not yet known, but her role is clear. The vanguard of the nameless isle. Her mane glistening under the eerie glow rustles in the slight breeze, a silver cascade that mirrors the dance of the light-laden flora. Her eyes, bright and piercing, reflect the resolve that has been carved into her being through years of dedicated training. Her form is a testament to labor and discipline, with every muscle taut and ready, every movement honed to a deadly grace. Our young centaur, would you please describe your character? If you were to be standing in front of her, you would just be powered by the height of this being. She is seven feet and ten inches tall. She is huge. With red hair and piercing yellow eyes and and light tannish skin. She is easily much bulkier than most other people and covered in scars from training and hunting and both her youth and just running as a vanguard of the island. With every passing moment, the rhythmic sound of her hooves and her concentrated breathing harmonize with the night's symphony. The air around her tastes metallic, a blend of her own perspiration and the faint tang of the weaponry she wields. The smell of well-oiled leather armor is a comforting presence against the floral undertones of the night. Beside her, a shadow, both mentor and confidant, retired from the vanguard but never too far from its heart. His form, though slightly stooped with age, carries an aura of indomitable will, a testament of the fey power that still resonates within him. His voice, husky with wisdom and time, rises and falls, a rhythmic cadence that directs the steps of our nameless centaur. Remember, strength is not in muscle, but in resolve. He puts a hand on your shoulder, and with a silent nod, he ushers you to continue your training. The glow of the forest, an orchestra of life played in phosphorescent hues, guides the soft footfalls of another figure, a changeling. Their eyes holding the glimmer of unending inquisitiveness, passing through the trees, changing forms. He moves with an air of wandering wonder, his mind eager to decode the secrets held in every nook and cranny. Our resident changeling, please describe your character. Yes, um, my character is a relatively short-statured individual, probably about five foot five. Um, 
or five, five. He has very long, not particularly, it's like kind of wavy, long, dark brown hair. And the skin is very pale. He walks with a sort of apprehensive curiosity. His hands kind of like knit at his chest. His skin, a light pale hue that reflects the radiance of the bioluminescent flora, frames his form, granting him an almost ethereal glow. His hair is adorned with a collection of flowers and charms that chime softly with each movement. The scent of the forest, a fresh blend of dew, pine, and wildflowers clings to him, intermingling with the comforting musk of his own scent. The sound of his thoughtful humming, a melodic counterpoint to the natural symphony of the island, echoes through the stillness. His voice rises and falls, the words forming questions more often than not, each one a testament to his insatiable curiosity. But amidst the shadowy verdant glade, Accompanying him is the chilling figure of Neveth. Neveth, his head mounted with gnarled, dark horns, is held high in silent vigilance, and his eyes, old and wise, reflect the unspoken mysteries of the Feywild. Neveth, the source of this changeling's power, walks alongside him, always a whisper away. This archfey's presence is incredibly uncomfortable. Nonetheless, together, under the watchful gaze of the crimson moon, they journey onward, lost in thought and forest, each step a question, each breath an answer. There is a melody of curiosity, singing into the silent night with an undertone of anxiety. In a quiet corner of the island, under the perpetual gloom of the red moon, a secluded library emits a soft glow. Within its confines, bookshelves laden with ancient tomes and dusty scrolls stand tall. The scent of age-old parchment and the faint traces of incense fill the air, while silence stretches on like an endless path. This sanctuary of knowledge is the domain of one particular eladrin, his figure is youthful, betraying none of the many years he has actually lived. The callous texture of the old parchment under his fingertips feels like home, a remnant of his past life. Our ignorant scholar, please describe your character. Certainly. So, um, he's tall and slender, a bit tan. Uh, he has two different colored eyes. One's like a burnt orange and the other's like a really nice purple like a purplish pink and um he has just finished rolling a giant doobie of moss fey moss and he he puts it in his mouth and uh, next to him you can see a really um ordinary stick that uh he uses as a like a a magic um focus of sorts but he's tried to like dress it up a bit he's tried to like make it more opulent but it still looks incredibly lackluster. And uh, his hair is like, uh, think Joy Boy from One Piece, sort of like floats up off of his shoulders a bit. And uh, yeah, that's him. As he pours over his books, he's occasionally visited by flashes of memories 
ghostly echoes from his past. His father's face, weathered yet kind, etched with wisdom and courage, haunts his mind. The sound of his father's voice, the way he used to pat his head, the warmth of his smile, these are fragments of a life he once knew, memories that drive him in his relentless quest. And then there are the whispers, the clandestine murmurs from the deity who is yet unnamed. They drift into his mind like a cool breeze, cryptic, distant, yet deeply intimate. Their instructions guide him. Their secrets unfold in his hands like a map leading to his father. He's more than just a scholar now. He's a determined seeker and a race against time, a conduit between realms. And with the red moon hanging above like a watchful eye, he continues his studious vigil. His heart beats with an unyielding determination, his spirit relentless in its pursuit. Each memory, each whisper, fuels his resolve, driving him deeper into the arcane mysteries of his contract. The island may deem him nameless, but within him, a name and a purpose live on. A son's promise to his father, a scholar's quest for the truth. His journey is just beginning, and the nameless isle watches in silent anticipation. In the heart of the isle, nestled amidst the wilderness, stands a modest temple. Not the silhouetted, large, abandoned temple in the center of the island, but a smaller, more modest shrine to an entity as ethereal as the twilight that bathes it. Within its hollowed grounds, a figure flutters, her avian form imbued with a grace that mirrors the silent dance of the stars above. She is an Aarakocra, a child of the sky bound to the ground. Her feathers, in shades of twilight, rustle softly as she moves. The sound, a soothing lullaby, amidst the quiet hum of the temple. Our resident cleric, could you please describe your character? Um, he is rather tall for an Aarakocra. Um, on her face and her chest, she has these snow-white feathers, but on her wings, her arms, her tail, um, is a darker sort of gray-black, um, so that there's like a there's a contrast there um she is wearing um dark colors browns and purples um and she has a chain around her waist with a it looks like a lantern is hanging off of it but instead of a lamp it's a large glowing gemstone that looks to have a galaxy inside of it that's sick. Yeah. So sick. I want one. <laughs> it's sick. Her talons glide over the temple floor, sweeping away layers of forgotten time, unveiling stories etched in the stone. At the center of the temple, the sacred heart of her newfound sanctum, lies an altar. A tapestry of mystical gems 
carefully chiseled and arranged by her own hands, reflects the scant light that filters in from the ruptured ceiling, creating a kaleidoscope of colors. The gems, each bearing the weight of an ancient magic, pulse softly, their inner galaxies swirling with the rhythm of the universe. Suddenly, a chill sweeps through the temple, not of the night air, but of a memory, a vision revisited, a plague foreseen, a chilling prophecy that gnaws at her heart. It has haunted her dreams, a specter of what is to come, a calamity that will shake the very fabric of the Feywild. Yet, her warnings have fallen on deaf ears, her visions dismissed by those who believe in the island's untouchable safety. Her voice echoes in the hollow of the temple. Her gaze turns to the gem-carved altar as if seeking guidance, solace, as if hoping to understand what is to come and how to prevent it. But for now, the vision remains just that, a vision. All of you give me a perception check with advantage. That's better. <laughs> Dirty 20. Nice. Uh, I got an 18. I rolled the same thing twice. I rolled a 6. 4. 4, actually. There it is. Okay. You all hear a loud boom. You're all in separate areas of the island. But as you look up, you see that the veil of shadows that surrounds the island now has a hole in it. Something has crashed into the island from afar. And you see smoke toward the center of the island. What do you do? Um, it's not exactly a plague, but it is from outside the island. So I think the cleric is going to set her cleaning cloth aside. She was polishing the uh, altar. Um, she's going to lay her hand on the altar to sort of center herself. And then she's going to take off through a hole in the ceiling and fly towards, uh, you know, whatever that was that crashed in. My character sees this and is immediately taken over by uh, actually kind of excited curiosity to see something that is from the outside, or at least they assume that's the case. They start heading in that direction. Okay. Neveth dissolves into your shadow as you start running towards this new anomaly. 
and what of the other two? Uh... Uh... We can use our, we can use our names that we've chosen, right? <laughs> or not yet? Not quite. We will get there. Well, uh, my character notices this thing falling from the sky and landing on the island. And she immediately looks master for mentor for approval. Well, you wouldn't be much of a vanguard if you just stood here looking at me. Go ahead. And with the reassurance of mentor and knowing what kind of things can happen it, when new arrivals or anything new comes to the island, he grabs her two-handed mole, ready for any confrontation, and immediately starts to sprint to the direction that she saw thing, whatever it was, fall. And what of the Eladrin? Oh, what of the Eladrin? Hmm. Well, every book he's read about adventure, you know, uh, says that you go towards the thing that fell and made the big noise. And he's tired of being cooped up in this dusty little library. He's read every tome it has to offer. So he's going to make his way over there. Okay. Um, maybe, Ford- maybe, they, uh, <laughs> maybe the moss wasn't quite so mid. <laughs> <laughs> maybe not. Yeah, give me a flat charisma check. Let's see if you're scared or not. Uh, certainly. Let's see. Flat charisma check. Dun, 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 dun. Hey, 22. You are hey. fully within your mental palace. You are calculated and very focused despite the midness of the doobie. Sweet. You all approach what you now know to be the temple at the center of the island. In the heart of the island, nestled amidst the wilderness, stands this abandoned temple. You all approach, and as you do so, you realize you are not the only ones who notice this falling thing. You walk into the square where there is an impromptu market, an array of bright and colorful stalls, each selling otherworldly trinkets and Feywild fruits that are humming with a low magical energy. Everyone starts making their way towards the square. The intrigue? A stranger. Wounded and disoriented. Recently crashed onto the island just at the steps of the temple. Which is causing the villagers to amass around him. Their eyes filled with curiosity and concern. Now you all see the elder, who you know to be a no-nonsense, very strict being, the one who filled your ears with the vow of the nameless from a young age, 
and has always made sure to keep an ear to the ground for situations just like this, where the ideals of the island might be at risk. As you close in on the heart of the village, there's a sprite healer who flits through the crowd, her wings sparkling in an array of pastel hues, catching the last rays of the setting sun, which you now see breaking through the hole in the veil. The stranger's face is deathly pale. Their eyes are glassy and unfocused. His clothing is tattered and wet. This appears to be someone of elven descent, and they appear to be gravely wounded, laying in a crater set into the cobblestone that leads up to the temple. What are each of you doing? They're laying uh, on their back, having fallen from the sky? Yes. I think in a huge lapse of judgment and disregard for the elder, I think I'm going to rush over and try to help them up. You see the Uh, pixie... Go ahead. Oh, yeah, no, I was just saying that um, my cleric is in the sky, and I think she doesn't see the pixie healer like coming over, and so what she sees from above is somebody who is very hurt and who has fallen a very long way, and so what she wants to do is like dive down and land and kind of like mantle this person under her wings so that like to sort of because like now he's first of all dazed second of all being stared at by a village and so she wants to do some healing magic but also give him a bit of privacy i see and this is definitely a weird like uh she kind of stumbles a little bit when she does it because she had this cool, like, she had this mental image, like, okay, this is how it's going to go. And then, like, all of a sudden, there's a lot of people around. And so she chokes a little bit. But uh, her, uh, <laughs> she doesn't have a negative to her decks like she does to her charisma. <laughs> so... Could I, um, uh, her spells, um, let's see. She has Cure Wounds. Um, can I cast that on this, on this guy? Yes, you can. And while this, this Aarakocra has dived down to this stranger and the Eladrin has run up to the side of the stranger as well, as the pixie is also close to distance. What is our centaur and our um, changeling doing? Uh, well, I feel like uh, my character would do this, immediately start running over and I don't know what the action is called, but it's just slamming tip of her mole onto the ground and just watch very carefully make sure if anything happens like this guy tries to attack anyone he'll be ready to strike her so you want to ready an attack action in case this being leaps up and becomes aggressive oh 
And what is our change link doing? I think my character is focused on watching for now. Probably uh, not. Hmm. He is in the crowd, but he's kind of like watching behind other people. Just curious for now. Okay. Um, now our scholar... You see the pixie and the aracocra both attempting to heal this this man. It does not appear uh, to be well, having. Go ahead. Oh no, I was just saying that I rolled an eight. <laughs> but it, if it's not having any effect, then that doesn't matter. Right. The healing magic doesn't appear to be doing anything. What would you like to do as you stand over the three of them? Um. I want to roll perception on the elder before I do anything. Um, would you, what are you trying to gather first? Because it might actually be an insight. Yeah, so I want to basically surmise if this is coming across as a slight to him. Because I know his hesitancies for outsiders and I don't know the origin of who this is. However, like, I do want to help because that's just like intrinsic plus another elf you know like I feel for him so do any of the rest of you want to also make an insight check in the same moment uh, uh I don't think the cleric would I think she's I think she's too focused I feel like I think so I'm gonna pass on it if if you're focused yeah, on this individual I'll ask you for an investigation check. Yeah. I don't mean to cut you off. I'm sorry. It's just a voice chat ending up, you know. These things happen. So I'll need an inside check from the Eladrin. And what was that? 19. Okay. Um, And then our centaur and our changeling if you would like to just make generic um perception checks you can if you want to garner something specific or if you want to investigate one of the other um people who are around this downed man you can do that as well i feel like my character is full fully just like full-on and attention only to the outsider here in that case give me an investigation check as you stare at them I rolled a 12 on insight. Okay. (laughs) I have a minus one to intelligence. Uh, 17. Um, Our changeling, you hear whispers from just behind your ear. Now you know there's nothing behind you, and yet you still feel slightly uncomfortable. You hear... Um, kind of like my character is being pushed forward. Um, he kind of stumbles forward and begins walking up to the people that are surrounding this man. Yeah. Do you want to 
investigate or try to perceive or per- perhaps do something else while you're in the pr- proximity of everyone else? Yes, I think my character is definitely looking around this environment to make sure like everything's under control. Yeah. Would that be um, perception? It would, yes. Okay, I can do that. That is a dirty 20. Okay, so we will start with the Aarakocra. As you are attempting to heal this individual, you notice there is no effect. Um, Although blood is running down the cheek of the man and he appears to be at death's door, you should be able to lend some sort of aid, and yet you cannot. As I said before, his clothes are tattered. You cannot tell if this is from his descent or if this is the state in which he had been flying in. You also don't know how it's possible that he was flying in the first place. You just know he came from the sky. But around his neck, you do see an obsidian stone hanging from a necklace cord. And there are symbols engraved into it that glow a dim violet light. Um, this is a cantrip, so it, it's, I feel like it'd be real. Can I just real quick spare the dying, just in case? Sure. Okay. That's just like, okay, if you're on death's door and I can't heal you, maybe you won't die if I do that. You can't perceive a difference in the stranger's demeanor, but that doesn't necessarily mean it didn't work. And now with... Yeah, so seeing that you weren't able to necessarily heal this individual, what, what do you think you would do in this moment? What are you feeling? Um, confusion. Um, a bit tense because I know the, the elder is right there. Because I imagine I've had some I've had some tense conversations trying to be like, hey no, there's a there's a thing. And then getting dismissed, like that's not gonna put me in great like I'm not gonna have a great reputation among anybody who's in charge. Um and so I think what I wanna do is maybe in the motion of doing spare the dying, tuck the necklace underneath the man's shirt so that the elder can't see it. Give me a sleight of hand check. That's a seven. Okay, this will be my first roll of the campaign. Let us see. Does she perceive this? On a 15, she does catch a glimpse. However, the Elder does not move or appear to react to this, but they do perceive it. Um, On that note, we will go to the Eladrin's insight check. As you are studying the face of the Chief Elder rather than the stranger or those around you, you see a slight confusion and worry on her face. 
she does not fully understand the situation and that bothers her and that is very obvious to you okay um has this person lost complete like completely lost consciousness no they are just barely hanging on okay what i do is i message them and i say who are you where have you come from are you okay in response first of all give me a sleight of hand check to hide your message spell unless you have subtle spell I do not have subtle spell uh, but that's a 17 okay in response you hear my name is Kethriel I have come seeking my mother. What's your mother's name? You get a response, but it is not something that you understand. It's as if the response was a cacophony of words and phrases all blended together but it is far too chaotic for you to decode right like a cthulhu's real name or some such right i gotcha it almost although this is telepathic it almost hurts your ears as this message is received okay um I'm going to ask, uh, do you think she's all right? Can you tell me anything about her? She is wounded. She calls to me. I must, I must help my mother. I want to help you help her, but I need more information. Do you want me to help? Uh, uh, do you want me to try and heal you? No. Do not worry about me, young one. I need only enter the temple. I need only speak to my mother. I understand, but our elder is extremely wary of outsiders. You must rest until you have the strength to speak to her on your own. So be it. Thank you. My pleasure. I'm going to cast Bless on the Aarakocra as well as uh, the individual. What is is your name, Elijah? Uh, I, uh, well, I don't really know yet, but I intend to change that. I intend to make a name for myself. A noble quest indeed. Well, I, I thank it. you. I thank you, nameless Aladrin, for your your concern. Oh, no worries. Just doing what I would hope someone would do for me. 
The other two of you, as you are looking around and trying to perceive any anomalies or perhaps threats, the veil appears to be waning. As you look up, what you thought to be a red moon now more accurately appears to be a seal. And it has cracks in it. The two of you seem to be the only ones to notice this. But cracks are spreading along the surface of this red seal as the veil has now been compromised. Is this like a magical seal? Give me an arcana check. Okay, that is what I was going to ask. Okay. That is a 17. You do feel magic that is familiar to you, but not to the others. This is the magic of an archfey that has created this veil. And now that it is fractured, it is more obvious. And you can also somewhat feel the draft of the natural Feywild magic leaking in from the hole that is in the ceiling of this veil. This is a magical seal, some sort of enchantment meant to confine the island. Um, I don't think my character's going to do anything with this information, but they are going to stand there looking at the sky, like... Oh my god. I'm so sorry. No worries at all. But, yeah. uh, I don't know how much of that was heard. All of it, uh, yeah, unless there was something so. extra after the standing. No. Okay. Um, our centaur, you also see this um, fracture of what now appears to be a seal rather than a moon. How do, how do you react to this? <laughs> Saying that the sky is no longer the sky that usually. I don't know, I'm just gonna like very loudly say like. The hell is that? (laughs) Do you usher towards the sky? Do you point? Uh, In some way, yes. As you do so, those around you, um, the... The townsfolk, the villagers of various uh, sizes and races They look up, and you hear the panic in their voices. Some faint, some scream. Some just take a step back in fear. This is wildly shaking their perception of reality. They don't know what to do. Some of them walk over to you and cling to your back, knowing you to be a member of the vanguard. Some of them heckle the chief elder, requesting answers 
uh, any solution. But you see that she is very much oblivious to what is happening above her. And give me an insight check. Uh, not entirely bad. Uh, well. Did you yes. say 12? With a 12, you see that she very clearly knows what is happening, and that is the only reason she is not surprised that the veil has been fractured. She is fully aware of the circumstances in which the island was sealed. And yet she stands there, not making any attempt to do anything about it. She is studying this individual very closely. And as you look, you can see she's weaving some sort of spell, presumably to try and garner information about this individual who lays before her. All of you see this individual drop unconscious, and the elder kneels down and lifts the man and attempts to take him toward her home. Can I tell um, if that spell knocked him out? Give me an arcana check. resisting whatever she just tried to cast expended what little energy he had left but it was not the spell itself that knocked him out and she did appear as you guys saw her walk away she's now within five feet but heading away from you you did see slight frustration especially the Eladrin you would have clocked that immediately frustration Um. I am going to not impose myself in front of her, but I'm going to stand a respectful distance off to the side and uh, go, uh, excuse me, Elder, may I speak to you for a moment? As you do so, do you grab her arm or do you touch her in any way or do you touch the stranger in any way? Uh, certainly not. I think I'm standing off maybe five to six feet away, uh, matching their pace. Give me an arcana check with advantage. Easy enough. Um, it's looking I, like a nat 20. Nice. <laughs> Love that. Oh, wow. Somebody had a question? Uh, I specifically wanted to say that my character is also following the Elder. What does the Aarakocra do in this instance? Um, she is not following the Elder, but she is watching very closely. And will probably, like, once the Elder is out of sight, will probably, like, take off and sort of follow from the air once she's fairly sure that doing so will be unnoticed. Or at least not noticed by the elder or anybody who would like tip the elder off. Like once the once the attention is no longer on this whole situation. So two like things happen. Say like, okay, I might need to stealth this if it goes bad, so I'm gonna wait. 
You're fine. Um, two things have. They have a mutual mistrust, I guess is the point. <laughs> Completely understandable. They haven't done anything to earn our trust. Mm-mm. Nope. You were saying, Mark? Two things happen. Again, just slightly out of your peripheral vision, there is a being over your shoulder, our resident changeling. <laughs> this should be intriguing. Follow the man, follow the chief elder. I, I will. This is not a tone that Neveth normally uses. This is something way more sinister. He knows what is happening and refuses to give you any more information despite that. And in the same moment, as you're doing your arcana check, you are a gifted sorcerer our Aladrin, you have within you what would be considered a divine soul. Now, there are many variations of divine souls. Some of them are of celestial lineage. Some of them are storied legends. Like, there are many, many different reasons somebody would be considered a divine soul. As you walk alongside the elder, you feel this man as a very similar aura to yours. It is not of the same nature, but you feel this sorcerer is very powerful and might be connected to something even more powerful. Do I sense it's a good force or a malevolent one? Give me an inside check. Three. You cannot tell. You're not that skilled with sorting the different types of magic. This but is I do know. But I do know that uh, a, someone just because you have a divine soul doesn't mean you're innately good. You can ju- you're just extremely powerful. Okay. Correct. I understand. Um, did now, the elder had, respond to me? I was just about to get to that. You had attempted to stop her, and she looked down. This is of no concern to you. You should stay here and leave me to worry about the safety of our island. I will not ask you again. Elder, I, I really must insist. I have some pertinent information about the individual. I was able to uh, message them before they went unconscious, and uh, I don't know if what they said was truthful or not, but I do think it would be of intrigue to you. You dare, in my presence, 
do something so reckless, inviting a stranger into your mind? Um, thaumaturgy to make my father's voice boom from the forest and essentially say, Listen to the boy. Your tricks will not aid you. Come with me. I bow my head and take the walk of shame with her. Um, I would like to have my character interject. What would you like to do or, or say? Um, as this is happening, uh, my character very hesitantly that points to the sky. He says, that is the work of an archway. I recognize it. Ooh. What's the elder's reaction, I wonder? Okay, I'm away for that. So you say that... You say that that is a... Is the work of an archway? What specifically are you referring to? Uh, like the seal that you... Basically what's going on in this guy. And the seal that was put on the village to protect it, I guess, I assume. You see the elder, this nymph turn towards you with her dark green flowy dress trailing behind her and the man in her arms she leans toward you some five inches away from your face you know not what you speak of so I suggest you keep your silence Can I I back my boy up? Like, (laughs) she was just gonna, like, trail in the sky, but, like, uh, no. Like, she wouldn't even say anything. Like, the Aarakocra wouldn't even say anything because she knows the Elder isn't gonna listen. But she can, like, come and, like, stand quietly and supportively nearby, you know? Solidarity. Exactly, solidarity. You're like I know, I know what the fuck you're doing. <laughs> do you land ahead of the chief, like in her path, or do you land behind, or where do you want to be positioned? Uh, sort of to the side. I don't want it. I don't want it to come to blows. I'm not trying to start a fight, but I am trying to sort of. I get like it wouldn't be so much to impress on her that she's being watched because she's clearly being watched. There's a crowd. But I guess that to be like, you're, you're she, again, she doesn't say anything, but it's very much a you're not fooling anybody kind of vibe. Yeah, that makes sense to me. And you, just to clarify, you don't say anything? You just kind of glare at her? I'm not saying anything. I'm just, I'm just like, yeah, I, I probably cross my arms, you know. Your wings. <laughs> Arms and wings, both of them. (laughs) A young centaur girl walks up to our vanguard member and tugs on your fur. Uh, I'll look down at her. Are we... 
Are we in danger? Uh, I'll, I'll be, I'll just tell her like, oh, no one's in danger. I'll make sure of that. You see, she pulls out a tiny flower that continuously changes colors, and she attempts to put it into your hand, though it has a weapon resting in it. (laughs) (laughs) I have no reason not, not to take it. The fucking child hands you a gun. <laughs> Here. It's the Fay Wild, baby. <laughs> it's the Fay Wild, baby. <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll accept it. <clears throat> um, you see, she kind of scampers off to the rest of the crowd. Some of the crowd is getting um, rather upset. Um, they've begun to voice their opinions. You hear whispers and and discussion amongst them, um, you hear some shouting over the noise of the whispers along the lines of, we demand answers. Who is that man? What of the sky? What is going on? None of which the chief responds to. She continues to walk. Give me your insight check on the uh, chief, um, our changeling. Dirty 20. Yeah, with a dirty 20, um, you quite possibly have never seen this level of rage from the chief. Um, this would be I- obvious to all of you looking at her, though. Um, but deeper still, there is a slight moment of worry. There might be some truth to what you said to her. But it doesn't feel like you got the nail on the head. Um, I would like to continue chasing after her. Okay. Um, my character says, The world is falling apart around us, and you expect us to go on? We will not continue to try to explain to you children things that will not make sense. Won't you even try? I ask. Uh, oh yeah. I ask that you each remain patient and let me do my duties. I confidently assert He's looking for his mother. I told him he'd have to wait till he could speak so he could talk to you. She grabs your face. Hold your tongue. We will discuss this in private. I think I'm gonna, um, I'm gonna like make a little (laughs) scoff, but again, not say anything. I'm gonna look up at the sky where the seal was and I'm going to take off and fly towards either where it is or where it was. Um, I guess I'll just enter, like, I'll walk a reasonable distance away and enter stealth and uh, wait for her to continue walking to wherever she's going to go. She has asked you to come with her. If you start to walk away, she oh, will right. immediately 
Certainly. Yeah, I'll just go ahead and uh, follow for sure. Okay. I now, think her... I'll say. Go ahead. No, you're I good. think her words would have discouraged my character a little bit. Especially calling him a child. So, I think he hesitates, unsure of whether or not he should follow and continue doing this. Just for clarification, um, our Aarakocra, are you flying towards the seal or the hole in the veil? Oh, I thought they were in the same place. No, As did I. The, the hole is off to... So this is a dome of shadow. At the very mm-hmm. center and the very top, the ceiling of the dome, that is where the quote-unquote moon or the red seal normally is, and it has cracks forming in it. These cracks are stemming from the hole in okay. the dome that is off to the side slightly. I'm gonna go look at I'm gonna go look in that hole. Okay. Um, I have wings, I'm going to use them to look in that hole. As Famous last fly. words. As you fly closer to the hole, um Give me a investigation check or perception or arcana. Dealer's choice. Let's see. Uh, I'm going to do perception because I got a plus three in perception. (laughs) That's an eight. It's not good. (laughs) With an eight, as you look out, you were expecting to see sunlight. And that's what it appeared to be when you were on the ground. But you look out and you see something eerily similar to your gem and the altar. You see a galaxy. You don't see the Feywild on the other side of this barrier. You see an endless void mixed with stardust and novas, nebulas, galaxies, everything and anything. I'm going to want to, I'm going to, uh, give me a flat intelligence check. Flat int. You're not in the Feywild. Ooh. Yeah, I'm gonna have to do a fucking. I'm gonna have to do a do a dream talk to my god about this. We're gonna cut back down to the ground. Um, before the Elder gets too far away. Is there anything our centaur would like to do? And is there anything that our changeling would like to do? You can see that she is um, urging the young Aladrin along with her as she approaches her home. Um, the crowd is slightly following her and therefore surrounding um, our centaur and our changeling as they are following the elder. Um, thaumaturgy to like just make little like fairy whispers like coming from like each side of everybody's ear saying 
everything's going to be okay. It's safe. We're safe. Give me a persuasion check with advantage. It's looking like a 13. Okay. Um, our centaur, um, the people around you start to calm. Um, they embrace each other. They kind of shake off their fear slightly. And our scholar, you see the elder looks down at you. Although I do not appreciate your reckless use of magic, I do appreciate your attempt to calm the others. I was but a moment away from casting a sleep spell on all of them. No need to lose consciousness in the pursuit of the truth, ma'am. Sometimes the truth is more troubling than one can withstand. You've seen how they've reacted to what you've seen so far. You stand here, unfazed, confused maybe, but with more information than any of them, you still stand tall. Despite the uh, spectrum of reaction, the truth, may Alyssa, doesn't change one's entitlement to it. I'll be the one to decide who the truth goes to. Interesting take, ma'am. But you're the elder. And I have been for hundreds of years. So believe me when I say I am doing what is in the best interest of our island. Come along. And she continues walking forward. Um, our centaur and our changeling. What would you like to do? so interested in what the elder was doing but wasn't there gonna question her in any way uh i was also to help calm the crowd in any way possible um you are a giant among most of these people there are some centaurs in the group there are some satyrs there are um, a mixture of pixies and fairies and even a few dryad scattered in the crowd, but you are still the largest, both in musculature and height. Um, they cling to your side. Give me a... Give me a flat charisma check. Uh, 13. They embrace you. You are, for all intents and purposes, the most well-known member of the Vanguard currently. Um, everyone in the village knows you to be the most hardworking individual among the Vanguard. And as this crosses your mind, you realize there aren't many of you left. And you know why that is. The events of the past have left a scar on the title of Vanguard. And so not many are brave enough to heed the call. You were lucky to have had a very seasoned and strong-willed mentor. And this is showing through your actions now as you're comforting those weaker than you.
Now, though you are slightly afraid, does our changeling still follow? Yes. I think they're very desperate for answers. Um, this is a shot in the dark. I would like to make an arcana check on the elder. Uh, Uh, 11. I wish. With an 11. Mm -hmm. She's very powerful. Yeah, I figure. You don't know if that's necessarily because of how long she's lived. Or if it's a specific artifact. Or maybe the type of magic she uses. But she is very powerful. Um, That is as most as you can get. I think my character is going to try to sneak about this. Okay, you want to enter the brush and sneak alongside the elder as she approaches her home? Mm-hmm. Okay. Now, as our Arakakura has made a few realizations, what would your actions be? Um, she wants to talk to her god. And she can only do that when she's either asleep or meditating deeply. Um, But I also don't necessarily want to change the scene. So I think what she's going to do is uh, she's going to kind of watch, see like what's like what the crowd is doing, you know, just sort of for her own, like, Oh, okay. I see what's happening. Um, And then she's going to go somewhere where she can sit in the quiet um, and meditate over her her talisman, specifically. But we can do that whenever. Like, it's no, you know. You never have to worry about switching the scene. I don't find that to be an issue at all, personally. Okay. I would say the most comfortable place for you to retreat to for this would be your altar. And so okay. with the swiftness of the wind itself, you you enter your temple, the temple of your God who remains nameless and you meditate. Before we continue with that, though, at this point, the elder has reached her home, opens the door with her slightly occupied hand, and enters. And it is implied that the Eladrin may enter. I uh, stand at the threshold of the doorway and evaluate the crowd. Um, as the well crowd as crowd is almost entirely around the centaur vanguard, just seeking consolement. They are no longer asking for answers. They are of the mindset that they may not get answers anytime soon. So <clears throat> they are now just seeking comfort. It is a very shocking, frightening reality that they are slowly uncovering. Uh, 
I think that that really weighs on me as I evaluate that. No, I, I didn't mean to interrupt you. Go ahead. Interjection is like once you like look at my character and the around me, you would just see me talking with people, joking around, laughing. I think that 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 definitely warms my heart for sure. And as I think to what the elder said about like, I'm the elder, I'm the elder, like a parent demanding something of a child in a way, I can't help but think that I don't want the weight of a title, but I do need the freedom of a name. And I'm going to walk in there. That's a hard line. Yeah, that's a hard line. That's so good. <laughs> as you... As you walk in there and the door closes behind you gently, um, you walk into a very minimalistic cabin. There don't there don't seem to be very many decorations in here. It seems as if the chief just sleeps here. It doesn't feel lived in. It feels almost abandoned, um, neglected. The air is not stale, so it is very clear that there is movement in and out of this home. But aside from that, it doesn't feel like she spends much time here. Um, you don't know if that's necessarily because she's just busy as the elder, or if it's because she's just always awake and outside. It's it's unclear. Um, but you do notice that the moment you step in, it just doesn't feel like a home. Right. Very very unlived in yes and to that note the fireplace sits with cold embers there is no light as you approach there are unlit candles as she places this man into a large soft bed and he silently lays unconscious she turns to you would you be so kind as to start the fire and light the candles? We have much to discuss. I want the I want her to see that the look on my face is that of like gears turning. Like this doesn't feel right. Like something about this isn't adding up. I want that to be like readily apparent to her. Um, and then I'm gonna follow her orders. No, you have many questions. It is to be expected. You will get some answers, but trust that there are things that, if spoken aloud, cannot be taken back. Words, much like names, carry curses. Steal your nerves. This is much bigger than you realize. Um, as she says that, I want... Uh, to go from looking at her to looking through her. And um, I'm going to remain silent for the majority of this conversation. Um, you go to start the fires and the candles still? Uh, yes, absolutely. Okay, as you do that, we're going to cut over across the island to the small temple where there are also candles lit in the dim now somewhat fake feeling twilight 
Mm-hmm. It doesn't feel any different, but the information you now have does shift in your mind the relationship you might have had with the twilight itself. Um, we're going to enter the mind in this meditative, dreamlike state of our Arakakra. Now, before you, your god stands. You are in a dark, misty plane. Just the two of you. Can you describe what your god looks like? Um, a lot of, like, there is a, like, if, if you were to look at them, you wouldn't be able to pinpoint what race they were. Um, other than that they have wings, because in her opinion, having wings is better than not having wings. <laughs> and she would definitely give those to a god. Um, but they have really delicate features, like an elf might. Um, they've got the pointed ears. Uh, they've got antlers, like a, like um, like a tiefling would. Um, their skin is—it's different every time you look, um, because she's made different. She's made a bunch of different little wooden things. Um, she has. Uh, I think she does have have hooved legs, like a satyr, um, but she's just sort of a, a, a fantasy mix, you know. Or she's got that long, lithe look. But other than that, you'd have trouble placing what she is, other than like a few extra sort of add-ons, you know. She has a long lion's tail, um, a chimera of sorts. Yeah, that's a really good way to put it. It's sort of a chimera. As your god of many mixed descriptions and varied traits, much like the world of dreams itself, sits before you. Which gender did you say that your god was, if any? What do you uh, refer to using, your god as? I've been using they. Okay. They sit before you. It's another thing where like it you could see you could see male or female or neither if you like had the right preconceptions. Does that make sense? Yes. And their voice comes out Though it seems to change in tone and inflection and pitch every single time you dream of them, it still feels familiar. You are so reckless, young one. Why, why have you come here? What answers do you seek? I saw the outside. And you did. I did. I'm sure you know you're a god. Um, and I don't know what to think. You don't know what to think. Well, I think that you think 
the same thing you have always thought, that there is more to this place than meets the eye. This is not news to you, young one. You've always known that there were mysteries just out of reach, and now you are so very close to grasping them. But ask me what truly puzzles you. Don't understand what I saw when I looked out. And I thought you might because of this. And I like, I, I look like myself when I'm doing my like meditation thing. And so I can gesture to the, the reliquary that I carry with me. Well, though not quite the same, inside of your reliquary, that is where you are currently. And though you would have no way of knowing this, the world of dreams has been split into many small sections, one of which you have contained in a gem that you carry on your hip. So when you dream, that is where we meet, inside of the gem itself. It is a plane of existence, and that is something similar to what you saw when you looked through the breach in the veil. You saw the expanse of an unfamiliar plane. You are elsewhere, not quite in the dream world, not quite in the Feywild, perhaps somewhere in between, a demi-plane of sorts. I can see the worry on your face, young one. There are certain questions even I cannot answer as far as why you find yourself between worlds or to what end all of this has happened. I assure you though, the answers are close. I encourage they you- always, They always feel close and they never are. But what enjoyment would you get from answers if they were easy to attain? Why I can't dream help but laugh at all? A little bit. <laughs> you laugh at my words. You've said crazier things. It's, no, it's not. It's that's not what I mean. I, you're right, and it's you're right. And there's this. I had to. I didn't know what to say, so I laughed because that was a noise I could make. I understand. She has a minus one charisma, guys. <laughs> She's awkward. You see your deity approach closer in their large, varied form, and they embrace you in a tight hug. Just remember, you do have a purpose outside of this place. I've shown you what is to come, and only you, I fear, are equipped to stop it. 
so I've tried. I've been trying so hard. I assure you, your journey, though it feels like it's been a long one, has only just begun. And I'm sorry that you haven't gotten the results that you've been looking for so far. But trust me, this is a dream worth chasing. I do trust, I've always trusted you. And go, go, my young winged dreamer. Go to the chief. Lean on her. She has the knowledge you seek. She doesn't listen to me. Then make her listen. You are wise. She just doesn't see it yet. What should I say? When the time comes, you'll know. And you see... She's like, te- she's like tearing up a little bit. <laughs> they stretch in a very, very large, spread out position yawning ever so slightly. Well, it is time for me to sleep. I do so enjoy these talks. So, I'm sure I will see you again soon. You Be will. Safe. Always. Always. Be safe, dreamer. And the meditative vision dissolves like mist blown away by the wind and you wake up I have I definitely have tears in my feathers uh, that are a little bit annoying to clear away because they're feathers and not skin but (laughs) your god is based my god is based I love them so much What do you feel now, knowing that when you dream, you physically move into the gems themselves that contain what is essentially the essence of your deity? How do you feel? Um, there is a bit of relief. There is a there is a part of her that's like, okay, I gotta get somebody to watch next time. <laughs> <laughs> right. But like that's the kind of you know how when something serious is happening you will occasionally have really frivolous thoughts like yes that's that's the kind of like bubbly thought that is in the back that isn't important but that is still there and that she like dismisses but also is like yeah (laughs) yeah i guess so but she's she has um she has some relief because it's like it's like a very physical communion, I guess, right. would be one word. You know, right, it's right. like 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 becoming one body almost. Right. You physically transport to a plane in which your deity can touch you. And being yeah. that this is a familial, um, very caring relationship, I think there's something comforting about that. The fact that your oh, yeah. deity can just give you a hug. <laughs> A hundred percent. And she's definitely, they've definitely had to do it a lot. Uh, Well, 
You are armed now with a direction. Would you like to depart the temple? Yeah, I think I, I think I will. I think I, I, I have like a, I have a conviction now that I, I was sort of wavering on before. Yeah. Like, okay, this wasn't just my thoughts. I was like, okay, I have a directive from my God now. You have a dream to chase. And with that, as you leave the temple, we will cut back over to our centaur. You stand laughing amongst the townsfolk and you see your mentor leaning against a tree. His high brow is bushy and the years and years and wisdom are displayed plainly on his face. But could you describe your mentor to the rest of us? Uh, yeah. You, like you said, he is he is old. There's no lying. You can definitely see it. And he's not as tall as he once once was, but you can obviously tell that he definitely has experience. I, if I had to describe it, it's like when you see an old man who you know can probably kick your ass. Marna what? Yes. <laughs> Basically. Uncle Iro. What uh what race do you see your mentor being? Uh, I was thinking about this a long time. Uh I feel like just the cool was would just be human. I don't know why. Well, your human mentor approaches and wades through the crowd of people and puts a hand, although slightly wrinkled from age, it is very soft and warm. He puts a hand on your cheek. Young warrior. You know what you must do now. You must go seek answers and lend your strength to the Elder. She is too bold, her ego too large, to acknowledge the fact that she needs help. I will stay here. I will watch over the young ones and those less powerful than you. But I feel as though you would be better used elsewhere. Alright, I want to disagree as my master, as my mentor. I just reply. Uh, just reply. Uh, you see, I agree. This is quite definitely a big matter. If there's any way I can help, I apparently want to.
well, being that you are effectively the leader of the Vanguard, I don't think it looks right for you to leave the Elder in the company of a stranger, unguarded. Now I know you saw that young elven boy follow her. Between you and me, I don't think he's going to be much help if that stranger decides to attack her. Now you are the strongest in the village. I'm going to grab a bottle of water. I'll be right back. Do you have any response? Uh, yeah, I'm just gonna agree. Kinda, kinda a little, little embarrassed that you're saying it's definitely true that I am effectively the leader of anger. I should definitely follow that elder and make sure that everything's all right with this stranger. Well, I'm just going to simply nod my head, make sure that every common folk around me is calm, safe, let them know that, hey, everything's all right, you can head home, whatnot, and once everything dies down, I'll head to the direction of the elders' home. As you head away from your mentor... He does reach out and grab your arm and you turn back and you see that in his other hand he has taken off a necklace. Um, it is a batch of whimsical feathers. Um, they are bright orange and they glisten in the light. They do appear to be magical in nature. But their properties surely evade you um, as he places the necklace in your hand for safekeeping. And you look up at him, and you can see there's a slight worry in his face, but also a great deal of pride. I want you to keep my necklace safe, and it will keep you safe if you continue to do everything that I've taught you. Follow my teachings, follow your heart, and lean on your strength. But do not forget, you are only as strong as those around you. So help the young, weak Aladrin, help the chief who is quite honestly strong in the head, um, and you should be fine. Come find me when you're done. Uh, at, at this point, uh, this my center would just would hug my mentor and definitely like lifting him up and just definitely. <laughs> oh, you hear some cracks. 
<laughs> slight cracks of ribs. He's like, oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> you know what to do. Oh. I'll be off. Okay, you make your way. Alright, you head to the uh, the home. Our our changeling. Last we left off, I believe you were standing slightly frightened. Um, actually, I was sneaking. Sneaking, you're right. You're sneaking through the brush. And now, as you were sneaking through the shadows and you had watched the elder and the Aladrin enter the home and the door had closed, you know there is a window on either side of the building that you could go to. Alternatively, you could try and go to the roof or one of the doors, or maybe even the rear of the home, to try and get a better position to listen in on what happens inside. Um, I'm right at that window. Okay. Give me a stealth check. Okay. Oof. Nine. Shapeshifter, I can hear you in the bushes. Come on in. And oh. bring with you the centaur that is outside the front door. <laughs> My character's a little disappointed that they were caught, but very excited to uh, have been invited in. Yeah. So they're going to do <laughs> just that. My character, you just, she's just standing there, definitely just guarding the door. <laughs> I think my character is like intimidated by how tall your character is, kind of like shrinking a little bit. <laughs> and just, oh, uh, I, I am sorry. Uh, I should have knocked on the door first. Uh, I'll. It's it's okay. Just I'll hold. Take the, a seat. I'll hold the door. Just open take a for seat. The changeling. <laughs> you see, she says, "Take a seat," but. Realizing that you are a large centaur, it <laughs> the math is not mathing. Uh, so she kind of just like double takes you and she's like, um, okay, well, maybe don't take a seat, but just make yourself at home. Uh, my character walks in and takes a seat probably next to a wall near yeah, my, the corner of my, my room. Now say my character also heads in and just sits. Like, a horse will sit on the ground, lay on the ground. <laughs> right. Our Arakakra, you were in the skies, I would assume, approaching. <laughs> oh, I had a thought, but it's probably like a, a less effective way to do things Go ahead. <laughs> uh, just to be like if she showed up late with information that they just discussed <laughs> <laughs> but uh, that would not be an efficient way to do it so I feel like she will eventually like she'll land on the front step but she isn't like she doesn't do it gracefully. She like thuds, which 
may seem like she's trying to be like intimidating, but she's not. She just is in a hurry. Give well, me a dexterity save. Uh, see how uh, graceful your thud is. <laughs> Let's see if they've got a graceful thud. Oh yeah, I got nothing to add to the Texas. Sixteen. Okay. It is a powerful slam into the porch, but it is not it is not reckless in that you don't fall over, you don't hit the door. Um, Yeah, it's like purposeful. You hear from the other side of the door. I was wondering when you would show up. Come in. Okay, that has thrown her way off guard. And so she does come in and like all of the wind is out of her sails. <laughs> she's like back. She like looks shy and like kind of thrown off. You see, the elder doesn't even look in your direction. She knows 100% wow. who you are and why you're there. She was <laughs> really yeah. expecting this 100%. It was oh, just yeah, a matter of time. <laughs> but she was right. like, yeah, I was all gung ho. I was like, I'm going to make a difference. It's going to be awesome. And then just like, no. <laughs> you're like, she'll never see this coming. And it's just a trap card right exactly. there. Exactly. And it's like, no, it's, yeah, no, she saw this coming completely. She saw the stink eye that that uh, I was given her earlier. <laughs> now, the the four of you are all in the elders' home. The doors closed. You are outside oh, wait, of your like shop. Close behind me. Yes, as you walk in, you see a centaur who is taking up quite a bit of space. You see a rather slim Aladrin probably still smelling of moss and you also see a rather shy reserved changeling now do any of you have any reactions to any of the others in the room as you wait for the elder to start speaking she is currently on the bed the side of the bed looking down at the gentleman that had crashed through the veil How's the room oriented? Like when you walk through the front door, is the bed on like the far wall, like horizontal against it or? Um, yeah. When you open the door, the bed is, is on the far wall directly ahead of you. Um, and you guys would be sort of in a crescent moon formation in front of the fireplace, which would be to the right of the door when you walk in. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, I think, I think I'm a little bit wary around the centaur because I like recognize him as, as a member of the Vanguard and it's like, oh, okay. (laughs) (laughs) It's not like, like I haven't been arrested before, but (laughs) I'm not everybody's favorite Eric Cockra, you know? Fair enough. I have like no, so no, like, I don't really... How do I say it? I don't suspect anything, whatnot. I don't have any ill intent to anyone's. Well, I'm just smiling at every one of them, waving. It's the vibiest centaur you ever did see. Yeah, we love her. 
I'm also Sweet. just like because I'm just thrown off my game. I'm like just kind of like my wings are real tight to my back because I'm just feeling really awkward and out of place. <laughs> I'm just like okay, I'm in a group now. You enter. You see her. Um, she doesn't appear to to bear any ill intent toward you. Um, so you tuck your wings in and you take your place next to the group, though on edge slightly because there are several things you don't understand about the situation. Mm-hmm. Um, what of the others? Is is there any reaction to anything else that's happening in the room, or is there anything you guys want to investigate or or perceive? Um, or feel. I think my character is looking around the room, maybe just out of curiosity, and is kind of intimidated being around new people. To the Aladrin, um, like I said, like he's looking through her. He's already like sort of taken note of the room being rather like too almost too mundane, um, like unlived in, almost like this elder maybe like masquerading around doing other things when we think that she's leading the village maybe like she's timed this event that's happening in the sky simultaneously with this stranger's arrival because maybe like yeah, I'm, I'm scheming like I, I quite literally am starting to like question the foundation of like what I believed in the village and um, I'm trying to not let that show on my face but I'm sort of like reading every feeling that I'm like trying to get from her you know what I mean I'm trying to get any like vibes of ill intent or like misdirection uh for me I feel like definitely weary about the stranger but I was like mostly just curious seeing the elder's house never seeing it probably rarely seeing it before probably like once or twice as Young Fowl, that was called. Uh, so, yeah, the character, she's just looking around the room, seeing what's here. Okay. You see the elder kind of glance down at her dress tug at it here and there straighten up her back please quiet your minds I am trying to see if I can garner anything from this stranger and there's a lot of chatter in the room right now and it becomes clear to you all that Your surface thoughts were heard as you were looking around the room and looking at the various other creatures in the room, including your suspicions of the Elder. But she does not respond to any of that. She focuses heavily on the stranger. I uh, a great deal uh, of frustration. I want to try something. Go ahead. I would like to... um channel my magic into my vocal cords and attempt to speak the name of his mother. Okay. Um, everyone else give me a 
constitution saving throw. I am so sorry. Be, <laughs> the DC will be 10. Is um is is Bless still on me? Okay, yes, I Bless is on you as well as the stranger. Uh-oh. Well, that's not good. I got a six. Okay. Can we say I blessed to the changeling, too? Yes. Okay, so I didn't add a d4. Okay. Come on, four. Let me see. That's an eight. Well, why not the centaur, too? <laughs> Even though it's a dirty twenty. Um. Oh, it was a, it was a, okay. Hang on. I actually did it as a check, which means that the bless wasn't wasn't included. Should I do it again? Or? You, no, you, you, uh, bottom left. If you click on that d twenty, you can just roll a d four and add it to it. Okay. So that's an 18. Okay. So we had an 8, an 18, and a dirty 20, right? Okay. Our changeling, you will receive one point of thunder damage as this booming sound rips through the air and disrupts the quiet that you were all embracing. Now, this phrase, whatever it is, is beyond anything you've heard before even as it comes out of your own mouth our scholar you again don't understand what you've just spoken you see a look of surprise on the face of the elder but not a look of understanding necessarily what you did shocked her in that it was extremely loud but there is no look of recollection or um, any remembrance on her face. That was exactly what I was going to ask. Okay. Um, I pardon myself for the uh, sudden surprise. I you know, this is the immediately... time that you've used magic for some sort of auditory use are you trying to become a bard I uh I may be I apologize for the outburst um sincerely I do it's quite alright you have a very nice voice it's just maybe don't utter eldritch (laughs) horrors in my presence whatever that was it was very jarring um I I do apologize I'm going to uh, I pat I'm going to put my hand on the tiefling, cure wounds, and then I'm going to uh, sit back down. I was once a young spellcaster myself. I understand. Um, Now, I'm sure you all have questions, but to start with, I do not know who this stranger is, and I do not know why they are here. That is why this is a very delicate situation. It is my job to keep the village safe. And this individual's presence here on the island could endanger all of us. So I would ask 
first, before I give you answers, what did you learn, young Eladrin, <clears throat> when you had a conversation with this man? Now, above yeah. table, it's only been like a good 10 minutes. <laughs> like, there was a lot of time where you guys were kind of deciding what to do um, as the elder was walking to her home, but that was not a very far distance. The majority of that 10 minutes was quite literally that vision slash meditation. So this is all fairly recent. Certainly. Okay. So what I'm going to say is um, he comes in search of his mother. He thinks that he'll find her in the temple. I told him he needed to speak with you first. That's where the uh, that's where my information ends, to be truthful with you. I see. Now, is there anything else the rest of you were able to gather? <laughs> like, while she was talking, you definitely saw my centaur, like, raise her hand when she said, do you have any questions? And then immediately put them down once she answers, like, the most basic questions. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, I... She definitely yeah. side-eyes you as your hand goes then up and then goes down. I only questions, like, uh... <laughs> The heck is going on with the sky? Hmm. Well. You. And she turns directly toward our Arakakura. Now I know we are not always on the same page. But would you kindly explain to our friends what you undoubtedly learned as you flew into the sky? Please. Uh, okay. She's like, she's like, oh no. And then like, it's like on her face. She's like, oh no. And then she like brings herself back together again. <laughs> um, she sort of tries to get her thoughts together and kind of looks at her hands as she does. She like fiddles with her fingers. Um, this isn't the Feywild. And like that's the like first thing. It's like very sudden and I'm not, I think she kind of is surprised that she said it that blatantly. I've definitely <laughs> reactions to the statement. Uh, my, my head in like what do you mean? Makes no sense. Everywhere around us is the Feywild. I think no, so. this this is. What is she? What did they call it? A demi plane. I don't know what that is. I think is is what it was called. It like a not a normal planar space, but a, a small, created one. This isn't a natural place. It's even more confused at this point. Well, he's still high. <laughs> now, as you are struggling with this concept, let's dive into the memory of our centaur. You remember the attack when the great beast rampaged through 
part of the island. Give me a history check with advantage. Mm -hmm. <laughs> that was a nat 20, but went down to the 19. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's tough. Yeah, nat 20 minus 1. So it was a nat 20 minus 1? I'll take it. How's the nat 20? You were so young when that beast attacked that you would think you have no recollection of what happened as you were frantic, you were afraid and hiding in the shadows. But your mind has been sharpened alongside your strength and your physical capabilities by your mentor. And you remember your mentor in combat with this great beast. Furthermore, you remember what the beast looked like. This was a hulking, massive shadow and horns. But most importantly, the beast had what appeared to be a galaxy across its skin. It was some sort of otherworldly being you had never read about in any of the books in the village. It doesn't seem like something that would be native to the Feywild, yet it was here nonetheless. And we will come back out of that memory back into the small cabin. Are there any other reactions? I um, don't have a reaction, but mm, I wanted my character to say something in regards to her prompt. Go ahead. He looks pretty hesitant and he says, I want to know more of the magic that shapes this world. If you can call it that, that is the work of an archfey, isn't it? Uh, <laughs> that's a tricky question. It is of an archfey's design, but it is not the magic of an archfey. I don't understand. Well, uh, although I have tried to keep things as strict as possible for your safety, many of you have sought out the mysteries that lie within the island. And I'm sure you are somewhat aware of the unique enchantments that have been placed around the island. These were designed by an ancient archfey. But they are meant to seal something here. The veil is... It is not a cage for you all. It is a prison for a being that is... destined to destroy the Feywild. And yet we're all imprisoned here. Speak plainly. You see... The grounds on which this being was sealed had to be moved 
away from the Feywild, lest the entire Feywild be at risk of being corrupted. So yes, unfortunately, there were many innocents who were caught in the spell and transported here to this demi-plane, as you stated. But it is of the utmost importance that the veil remain intact, undamaged. Otherwise, the being that is imprisoned here may very well escape. And if they make it to the Feywild, I don't know what will happen. And so, yes, this magic is of the design of an Archfey, one that was once very powerful and good in nature, that turned to darkness. And their magic was used against them to seal them, to prevent them from using their grand power to destroy the Feywild. Did this Archfey have a name? They yeah, did. my character's gonna like give the. Uh, I, I I don't mean to interrupt. It's just like she's gonna give the elder like the biggest look. Like she's still figuring out like things. She's still like, okay, I don't know where I stand here, but I'm gonna figure it out, and I'm gonna. She just gives her like the most like. She has like red eyes. Which is unfortunate, but it's fortunate <laughs> when she's trying to, like, stare at somebody really hard. <laughs> it's unfortunate when she's trying to be a cleric. It's fortunate when she doesn't <laughs> mind being a little bit unsettling. That. Yeah, no, I, I, she is I mean, based on a, a bearded vulture. She's intimidating. <laughs> What specific look are you giving her? Just very um, expectant. Okay, so you're like at the edge of your seat waiting for an answer. Yes. Yeah, it's not an aggressive look. It's like, it's very much like, okay, this is it. <laughs> okay. Yes, they did have a name, but it has been lost to history as the name is what was used to seal this being. And now I don't expect any of you to understand the inner workings of this type of magic, but the enchantments were created by using the pieces of this being's name. Their power was stripped away and sealed in runes by various rune keepers and they condemned this being to the island forever so long as the enchantments hold up and then they departed and took their runes to various regions of the Feywild never to be seen again. Now I'm gonna, the Aladrin's gonna lean forward with like the most intense look that he's had like in his face this entire time. He's gonna look very sternly at the elder and ask, 
Did you know my father? She looks over toward you and the hairs on the back of your neck rise up and she leans forward. No. Satisfied with the no, uh, the Aladdin's going to lean back and he's going to start pondering the ramifications of us being in a pocket dimension and how that might affect my excursion. She says no. But she's not the only one who answers. As you all sit there in the room, you hear the man speak. I know your father. I, uh, I try to study my breathing, but that obviously gets me pretty, uh, worked up. I'm like trying not to, uh, to give away anything, but I'm going to ask him to elaborate. Your father, who thought he would be the one to uncover the mysteries of the Shadowfell and explore and bring back marvelous treasures and knowledge to the Feywild. How idiotic that quest was. Your father is the one who opened the path for me to enter the Feywild. And it did not take long for me to track down this abomination of an island. <clears throat> so I thank you and your father for your sacrifices. For I know that you are not as you seem. I see through you. I know what you are. Um, I'm going to look pretty unscathed by these comments. I'm going to evaluate the elder's reaction to it. Uh, give me an insight check. Gonna be another 12. She doesn't seem surprised either. It is safe to assume that with her level of power, she probably knows your true nature. I'm going to stand above the bed of the um, the uh, the man who's just said these things to me, and I'm just gonna give him a very genuine smile and cast thaumaturgy to just make an exceedingly loud death knell, just the 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 toll of a bell as I look into his eyes, and then I'm just gonna walk away. He counterspells it and starts to levitate 
tilting on the bed so as to be standing upright just a few inches above the surface of the bed. And now as you all look at this gentleman, you see the blood and the tattered clothing fade away as he now appears to be in good health. And it becomes plainly clear that the reason your healing magic did not work is because he was not wounded. Oh, oh shit. Uh, oh. <laughs> now I know my mother is here. The only question is who among you will stand in my way as I free her. He attempts to leave through the door, but not before the not before the chief reaches out, eyes glowing with teal energy, and she readies spells. And he turns just stay where you are and accept your fate. Um, Misty step to the outside of the door, so I'm interposed between him and the exit. I, at the at this and point, also ready a spell. Just sit down. He, she would immediately strike at uh, one injured elf. Uh, oh, you go. Uh, I think my character's a little uh, slow on what's happening here, but eventually he realizes this isn't good. Uh, and he makes ready to fight if it comes to that. Um, okay. I only have one spell slot left, but it doesn't matter because I doubt this is going to be protracted. Um, but uh, she will want to reach out and touch this person uh, in an attempt to cast Inflict Wounds. Okay. But that's a that's a like that's a contact thing. You can certainly try. Let's see. So do I, uh, on this page, uh, It is a melee spell attack, so you should see mm -hmm. a plus modifier next to there the damage. Yeah, there it is. Fifteen? Fifteen does not do you, hit. Do you want me to... Yeah, it makes sense. <laughs> ...mall attack? Please do. I gave it <laughs> 14. <laughs> That's not hit. Now, uh, the chief elder stands off of the bed. You are all now surrounding this stranger who only one of you know the name of and she racks her brain on how best to handle the situation because you're all so close 
and anything she would normally attempt to do could harm all of you. So she's frozen in indecisiveness before this being. But she throws out a shield spell and tries to tries to maneuver herself in a way that blocks anything that would be approaching you all from this gentleman. Um, now, of course, she wouldn't be able to defend our young Eladrin because he is on the other side um, in front of the door. But you see as Kalethriel scoffs and looks down upon the elder who you all thought was extremely powerful. Uh, you are... Go ahead. No, 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 go ahead. I don't... I'll wait. You are weak. Pathetic, even. Goodbye. And he turns away from her and attempts to leave, and you are blocking the way. What do you do? I think for the first time, um, since being in the Feywild, I experience true like unbridled rage at the the fact that he's just like dismissing me like so flippantly and then also basically insinuating that my my father was the cause for all of this um so i'm in a bad spot so what i'm doing is i am upon with this newfound knowledge about like uh this fallen archfey like being bound away uh with her name like the runes and stuff like taken to different corners of the Feywild and what have you. I am envisioning like the gravity around Calethriel becoming like a thousand times its weight, like, like like just a thousand times stronger, like basically just forcing him to the ground with like the hand of God as I'm like, I'm just envisioning this over and over and over. And then I'm going to say his name after channeling some magic into my vocal cords. And I'm going to see what happens. What are you casting? Um, I'm not casting anything. I'm just like, I'm just, I'm going to say his name. Okay. You say Kalethril? Uh, Yeah. With that like mental With like image. a bunch of magic malice? Basically, <laughs> yeah. A bunch of magic malice. Okay. He leans down maybe an inch away from your face, still levitating. There is power in a name. You are not mistaken, but you do not know how to wield that power. And he just opens the door and slowly levitates past you as you stand there. As he as he says that, I do one of those like super snarky like kid scoffs, and like some spit flies out of my mouth and lands on his Comes cheek. Back. You see, he pauses for a moment, and then he yeah, turns back totally and continues his flight. <laughs> oh. My secret was, I knew it would land on him. Yeah. I scoffed that loud on purpose. I'm thinking that. <laughs> the elder in the middle of the room at this point is in shambles. She is panicked. This is this is far worse than I thought. That we are all in danger. 
We, I must, I must stop him. You all stay here. I will handle this. No. Yeah, I'm, I'm, <laughs> my character also interjects. Uh, I imagine he would have ran over yes. towards the elder as she was on the floor. And he says, please, let Bike us help it. you. No, it is too dangerous. Stay here. She stands and she runs out the door, leaving you all behind. So we're going to go kill that guy, right? <laughs> yeah, my character. Literally just to everybody else. Yeah, my I character will just ring with rage. I'm going to uh, murder yell. him so hard. <laughs> Get back here, you asshole. And just chase at after the both the elder and the guy floating away. She just fronts out of the house. My character is following. Yeah, I can. I can fly. I can also fly, and so I'm gonna like try to catch up because I am also flying. And what was the legend doing? Seething. Um, I think he's in his own pocket dimension in this pocket dimension at the moment, just like looking exactly where the dude was levitating in front of him, saying that, uh, that stuff to him. And um, I think he's going to like sort of stand there for a minute. An emotional demiplane. <laughs> exactly. And then I'm going to snap out of it and I'm just going to um, I'm really lost in thought, so I don't know if I would really follow them. I mean, in my mind, I feel like a liability now. I feel like a hindrance. I feel like if I'm around, she won't be able to use her true power, like the Elder, I mean. So I'm just like, I'm probably going to stick around at the cabin area and just sulk and think about my next course of action. Okay. Uh, the rest of you go out and you see that it has now started raining heavily. There are storm clouds up ahead, um, or above, I should say, that are gathered over top of the temple. Um, from here, you can see in the distance the gentleman, Calethriel, um, flying at extremely fast speeds as the elder is chasing. They're much faster than um, our... Aarakocra, but you can still follow, and the others can follow up the steps towards the temple. The uh, excuse me, the temple. Uh, I, um, yeah, her foot. speed is thirty. So, <laughs> I actually have a question. Yeah, so you're lagging behind. You're flying through the the rain. I'm still, am. Okay, you're still way too slow. <laughs> <laughs> you're the like they left a way before you. They are flying at super speeds. Um, yeah, they're they're booking it to the top of the steps. Um, which is where the temple rests. Yeah. So are you guys proceeding up the steps after them? I would like to. I think I'm... 
I'm more trying to get a vantage since I'm, I'm not going to catch up and I my, my grab was was not working. I think what I want to do is get a vantage until I have a better idea. And I'm going to like like if I have any information I'm going to like make little hand signals to other people. Okay. Um, so you want to fly straight up. The temple is at an angle um, ahead of you guys and very, very, very high above where you're currently standing. Um, so this is an upward uh, slope. So you want are there fly windows? Sh- of the temple? Yeah, like are there any, any way to see in other than like the front door? It's ruins, so any windows there would be, it wouldn't be very helpful. There's a okay. main entrance, but the rest of it is in shambles. Okay. So at most, what you see is the two figures that you recognize as Kalethriel and the Elder entering the temple. Okay. Then I'm going to land with the others because I'm not going to. I'm like, no. Nah. <laughs> We're like, we're, <laughs> I'm still awkward, but like, okay, we were all in the room when that happened. So we're buddies now. <laughs> you all feel the ground beneath you shake as pulses of arcane energy surge across the, the magical ley lines that are beneath the crust of the island itself. The enchantments that are weaved throughout the underground tunnels of the island are starting to pulse. You all, including um, the Eladrin, feel this as the ground shakes. I immediately start doing damage control with the villagers and telling them that it's just a thaumaturgy spell and I'm taking out some anger. As you walk outside, the villagers are nowhere to be seen at this point. I am filled with an overwhelming sense of dread and... Can I see through the rain at all? Like, do I know where the direction they went? You see the steps not far from you um, with your associates walking up them. Let me ask you this. It's it's raining where I'm at too, right? Yes. Do I see footprints in the mud? Like a logical place, like where the villagers would have walked off to the, like on their own volition? Or did they just cease to exist? You see scattered footprints going in various directions. I want There's to no evidence of any sort of like struggle. Okay. So all the villagers are like just dissipated naturally into their house or do I suspect foul play here? You would not know. I'm going to follow a set of footprints. You walk deeper into the village following the footprints and you come to a little villa. Um, with a light on in the window, the door is before you. Knock. You hear no response. I check to see if it's unlocked. The door creaks open. As I push it open, um, I shake the water from my clothes outside the door as best I can and uh, I step inside 
And I just let out a... Hello? You hear a growl in response. And this is not a bestial growl. This is something more malevolent. Uh, Across the room, there is a bed in the corner. Underneath it, you see there is a shadow, but the shadow takes up the entirety of the space under the bed. And all you can make out are a pair of eyes. Okay. Um, thaumaturgy to make a light in the room brighten? The shadow remains as if whatever's underneath the bed, its darkness is completely absorbing the light. And it's looking right at me. Yes. Hmm. I mean, and I'm not afraid of it. hand reaches out uh. and starts to claw at the boards ahead of it. And it drags itself out from under the bed. And you see something reminiscent of the notes that your father had written on various shadow creatures that live amongst the Shadowfell. Do I remember if he said they were particularly dangerous? Everything in that book is dangerous. Mm. Well, that's a big old yikes for me. I'm probably going to just back out slowly and shut the door. Make a mental note of that. Okay, as you go to close the door, it jumps and hits the other side of the door at the exact time as you close it. And you hear mm. a thud and scratching. Gross. I'm going to make my way towards the temple. Okay. <laughs> Never mind. <laughs> you guys eventually see the Eladrin join you from um, below. He's probably about a good 30 to 60 feet um, behind you. Um, you continue to approach and you feel the pulses from the earth again, over and over and over again, um, getting more and more violent. And... Up above, in the brief glimpses you get of the sky outside of the clouds, you see that the veil is shattering every time that this pulse goes out. So the villagers have sort of uh, either stopped being villagers or have been consumed by these little... uh, Shadow squinks. I don't really know what to call them, but they're they're, they're gross. Okay, trust me. I don't know that we'd have a way to know that. Well, I, I figured when I approached, I would tell you guys that. Oh, okay. Sorry. Quite all right. The, yeah, that's what I, I was trying to like. Um, just clue everyone into me finding out the villagers sort of disappeared. Now, as you guys are approaching the top of the steps, what are each of you feeling? Um, as you you see like a wildly different island from this height. It is nothing like the happy, although dark, very 
harmonious village and island that you're used to. What does it feel like from the air? If I take off again, the pulses. I imagine you can't feel like any earthquakes, but what does the, um, the energy sort of feel like? Or give me an arcana check. Thirteen. With the thirteen, it feels like death and decay. Yep. Like the air itself is just draining you of energy. Okay. Um, I actually think this feeling might be a little familiar to my character in terms of their relationship with their patron. They're very uncomfortable. It's definitely similar, um, but this is this is much deeper than that. Mm-hmm. It is a much more pure form of that feeling um, that you feel whenever Neveth talks to you. Okay, then my character... I think they're very scared, but they're also incredibly worried about what this means. And frankly, a little curious. So, they keep going. Uh, my character, definitely in a stand. And what of the centaur? A sense of shock after seeing her world come one of, like you said, happiness and whatnot, and immediately into this depressing state. Also, determined to continue on because that is what her duty requires requires of her but also looking back on the A when the beast attacked and looking just like side eyeing how everything is definitely starting to feel Uh, springs of anger that start to grow and to grow and to grow as in her mind the world around her is going back to a hellscape that it was when the beast attacked not the same looks but definitely the same feelings You all make it to the top of the steps. And before you is the entrance of the temple. From where you're standing, you do not see or hear anything. Um, my character says, should we keep going? I will. I think the latter agrees. I will. Yeah, I'm gonna nod too. Okay. I guys. do kind of uh, 
I hold up my reliquary because it glows. I hold it up to kind of act as a light if there's no light in the room. Right. Those of you who do not have dark vision, this will give you a slight bit of visibility ahead um, as the Aarakocra leads you or walks alongside you. Um, You guys walk into the temple that is in ruins. Um, This appears to have been a large marble structure, but it has since fallen, whether that be it being destroyed physically or um, time and weather wearing it down. Regardless, it is a fragment of what it once was. Um, You approach, it is in fact very dark inside. And you see that there is a staircase that actually leads you to a lower level of the temple. And now that is almost entirely dark, except at the very bottom of these steps, which are dimly illuminated, there is a pulsing violet light. Give me perception checks as a group. Uh, seven. Nineteen. Six. Some of you hear spellcasting. Thirteen. You hear the flow of magic. As the pulsing continues outside, you hear a continuous bursting of arcane energy from down these steps. And the air has grown cold. I'm going to kind of look at everybody else because I, you know, I am very curious by nature and it has led me down some paths before, but like this is a, this is a step beyond what I am accustomed to. And so I kind of want to get, I want to get a consensus before going downstairs. Um, my character kind of closes in on themself and they say, I don't like the sound of that. Uh, my character is a very blatant glare piercing your eyes in a face of anger. Uh, oh, say that. Basically, we'll say we we must continue. I'm gonna, I'm gonna nod. I'm gonna. It's sort of like the kind of nodding that it's like. Like, yep, yep, yep. Okay, okay, we're doing this. Okay, you know. I think what I'm going to do before we go down is I have dark vision. And because of my domain, I have eyes of night, meaning I can give up to three other people dark vision to 300 feet. Um, And so I'm going to do that. 
uh, so that I can put my my like lantern down. I can put my reliquary down. Um, and if they want to, like, I don't know, get a sword or something. I feel like it'd be better if we could just all see and not have to be holding anything for that to be the case. For sure. Or, like, have uh, it be, like, you have to be close to me. Yeah. I have dark vision innately uh, as an Eladrin, but okay. uh, I'm not sure about the other two. I don't. Okay, cool. So, two... At, at this point... Uh, for one like, hour, y'all get uh, dark uh, vision. My character's eyes are very... Like, they were yellow, but at this point, if you were had to would look at her with no light, it would be glowing. <laughs> Very yellow eyes <laughs> in the dark. Yeah, yeah. Like the Michael Jackson thriller video? Basically, like paralysis. <laughs> even at this point, the corner of the room, all you see is eyes. Now, I have to ask, what do we see in there, Mark? This music is uh, painting a picture. You all make your way to the bottom of the steps, at which point there's a chamber before you. In the violet light, you see two things. You see the nymph elder leaning against the wall closest to the entryway that you guys are standing at, off to your left. Ahead of you, there is a large obsidian-colored stone, glowing in violet, as you see Kethriel weaving magic around it. And as these surges of arcane energy circle, the pulses you can actually see them being emitted from the stone. And these pulses are the origin of the earthquake-like movement you were feeling. Mm -hmm. As Cathriel's spellcasting reaches a dramatic climax, the arcane symbols that he's weaving glow brighter, and suddenly the entire island trembles as if afraid. Um, the I want to run to the elder. Okay. Just to, I want to see if she's okay. You know, I want to sort of gauge her state of being right now. She looks up at you weak. She has blood all over her face. Her dress is tattered. She was hit by some very powerful magic, and she's very weak. You have to run, take the others. I, you cannot fight him. It's too late to stop what he's begun. Please. I think this would break uh, the Aladdin's heart. And in this moment, he would be like, like, so like he's heard of like wild magic, 
you know, in the Fade Wild, and like he's he's heard of more powerful magic than he's ever been able to use. And I think like in this moment, like almost like a Nen agreement in Hunter Hunter, like he's willing to trade his ability to use magic to try and like thwart this guy's spell. Like he doesn't know how, but like he he's just incredibly angry and uh, misguided in the moment. You lift your hand and you tried to call out to the Feywild. And as you do so, your palm begins to glow white hot and a fireball flies from your palm directly at Kethril. He immediately turns and counterspells it. At which point, with a weak hand, the elder counterspells his counterspell. And you see as his hand drops and the fireball hits him right in the chest. And he flies back and hits the gem itself, the stone, this large obsidian slab. And although you've damaged him, he gets up from his one knee after being singed. You're too late. My mother will be free and there's nothing any of you, no matter how lucky you might be, can do. And while looking at you all and still focused on the slab, he weaves a final symbol in the air. And you all see this sigil of violet light rotate and rejoin the rest of the sigils that he has conjured in the air around the stone. And you feel the island itself tremor once again. Above you, you see that there is an opening in the ceiling from where you can see the hole in the clouds above. You can see the red moon that you know to be the seal. As he does this, the seal breaks. The veil disperses. The enchantments that protected the village and sealed it shatter. And there is a burst of darkness that takes over the entire room. Magical darkness none of you can see through. For a moment, you are all trapped, unable to see anything. And you just feel a rushing burst of cold. Kiss your skin as you feel a presence in the darkness step onto this plane. As the darkness fades, standing before each of you is a creature of both mesmerizing beauty and terrifying power. An elven figure draped in shadows with an aura of ominous enchantment surrounding her. 
Her skin is of an ashen hue, a ghostly pallor that seems both delicate and otherworldly. Her long black hair cascades down her shoulders and back, the sleek tresses seemingly absorbing the light around her. Her face is hauntingly beautiful. It's a captivating paradox of serenity and malice. Her high cheekbones and sharp angular features tell a tale of her elven heritage, while her eerily pallid complexion hints at something far removed from the Feywild. Yet, it is her eyes that truly encapsulate the terror of her being. They are wide and striking, filled with an intensity that seems capable of piercing the very soul. Her irises are a stark, brilliant white, an unsettling contrast to her dark visage. There is no warmth in those eyes, no familiar spark of life. Instead, they hold an endless abyss, a chilling void that sends shivers down your spine. As you gaze upon her, you find your heart pounding in your chest. You're struck by a paradox of emotions captivated by her beauty and chilled by the raw, overwhelming power she's exuding in this moment. She is a reminder of a darker past, a manifestation of feared legends, and her presence sends a clear, terrifying message. Run. The village elder, an ancient nymph whose eyes hold a millennia of wisdom and power, weaves weakly a spell as she looks toward each of you. With a swiftness, the nameless grabs the elder in a swirling vortex of shadows, but not before she can finish her spell. Both vanish as all of you are transported elsewhere. And you are no longer on the Isle of the Nameless, but teleported far, far away onto unfamiliar terrain. And as you all open your eyes and look around, you lay as a group in a forest and you smell honey. You hear the scampering of creatures and insects. There are sweet smells and there are unfamiliar feelings and vibrations as you sit in what you now know to be the Feywild. There was one one line you remember hearing right before you were teleported. The chief said, find the rune keepers just before her head was grasped, grasped by the hand of the nameless and pulled into the shadow. Well, damn. Uh, I, I, 
see my character's literally speechless because so am I. Yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah, I. I really am just sort of sitting there, like. Uh, my character. Um, uh, hello. Are are y'all okay? Looking around. What do you say the centaur was doing? I don't know. What was the centaur uh, doing? I was gonna say that, like the same thing that my centaur is speechless at what just happened. I uh, also knowing of the knowledge of what has happened to every villager. What has happened to the, the uh, elder? And most importantly, to what pro- most likely happened to the mentor. She will is definitely a lot. She will stand up, not it's a lot to take in, acknowledging anyone, and just start swinging her maul at a tree continuously. Um. Excuse me, friend, please don't hurt the trees. They have feelings, too. And you Where are see we? A, a half-elf um, walk up to the centaur and, and lay a hand on her bicep. And this is a cinnamon-colored half-elf with pink hair. She has... Um, clothing weaved out of leaves and flowers and she has flowers in her shortcut um, curly hair and green eyes well you're in the forest if you didn't notice um, we're not far from fall bell fall bell uh, are, are you where I are you from will stop hitting the tree we'll just Stay, stay there. Not really moving, but nodding what she said. Basically, she can't even say a word. She's just really just overcome with emotions, and she'll just start, just start like lightly crying. Are you? Oh, I was going to say, are you trying she was to definitely trying to, this, but, but it clearly is, like, you were not. Um, although you're very large, she definitely leans closer and, and gives you a, a soft hug from the side. Oh, sweetie. I, I, look, I don't know what's going on, but I promise it's going to be okay. Um, I'm just gathering some crops but I was about to make some stew if you and your friends would like to join me for supper. It's not that far of a walk. You look like you could use it. Uh, all right. I would love that. That sounds nice. 
I'm having trouble finding any words. Like my beak is kind of working, but it's not, nothing's coming out. So eventually I just kind of nod. Y'all don't talk much, do ya? That's okay. My name is Nari. Nari Luluberry, but you can call me Nari. I live in these here woods and, um, well, me and Vela, of course. You'll meet her shortly. Um, we have to get back to the tree. Um, would you mind helping me gather yeah. these fruits? Yeah, can, uh, de- wiping the tears away. Thank you. And just trying to hold like some sort of composure. Feel definitely just like if uh, she'll smile. It's definitely forced. It's more of just like as the word like as a show not genuine I think my character is definitely looking for something to occupy themselves with after yeah mine mine just has kind of a thousand yard stare but uh, is very glad to have been given a task Um, and so uh, well, no, like she could just, she is able to go up to the very top of the tree and start like pulling down fruits very gently in her hands. I think my character will kind of not leave the group, but kind of venture off on their own and start picking up any fruit they can get their hands <laughs> But like, very distant about it. You approach a bush of berries, and as you look at them and examine one of the berries, it says, I'm tasty. (laughs) Pick me. What? Sorry. (laughs) Uh, Please pick me. Hesitantly, he picks it, I guess. As you do that, another berry says, Oh, please, please pick me. It's been so long. My life has devolved into nothing but waiting to be picked. My God. Please pick me. He keeps... (laughs) He picks it. Uh, You pick that one. It is slightly overripe. Um, but as you pick another one, all of the berries on the bush ask you to pick them. And as you do so, they each thank you as you do it. I'd like to whisper to the bush and say that begging is unbecoming of berries. You turn around, not noticing that the Eladrin had followed you off away from the group. And you see him standing like within a, a foot of you. Um, the oh. bush has now been picked clean, though. All of the berries are in the arms of the changeling. Do they talk in the basket? Yes, they are talking amongst themselves, trying to figure out why some of them were picked before others. Um, and now they are forming two separate factions oh of berries. Um, <laughs> between the sour and the sweet. 
Are they unionizing? They start a race war? <laughs> yeah, they have already There's... elected representatives. Oh my god. <laughs> oh, I don't know. Oh my goodness. Um, the rest of you who are gathering fruits, you see that uh, Nari has a large wooden cart um, that is full of crops. And so you can just drop the the fruits and the vegetables into the back of the cart. Um, she begins to wheel it down this narrow road um, towards where you can only imagine her home. Uh, I'll, I'll follow her grabbing... Uh, how big are the trees? Like, my character able to grab them pretty easily. Not the trees, but like the fruit on the trees. Grabbing the trees? Yeah. Yeah, I'll, yeah, just, yeah, I'll of follow course. You're about eight feet tall. Grabbing yep. random fruits and just trying to hold all of these in my arms without actually thinking, like, I don't really have a basket, so. I guess this will have to do, and some of them are definitely just falling out of my arms. Eventually, she she looks up and she turns back toward you as she's pulling the cart. Uh, Freyan, you can put the fruits in the, the cart. It's okay. Oh, oh, I can uh, handle it. Yes. It's got wheels. I knew that. I was... I'll just put in, put them in the cart. Yeah, I'll just put them in the cart. <laughs> so. For so much. Okay. Um, are the rest of you also following as she's approaching her home? Mm-hmm. Yes. Yes. Right. Eventually, you guys get to a massive tree that has a a gnarled, twisted shape. And there is a circular entrance to it. Um, And there is a door, a wooden door. And it is of a different type of bark than the actual tree itself. So you can tell like this door is installed by whoever lives here. Um, Nari pulls up the cart to the side. Um, She walks up the steps to the door, opens it, looks back to you all. Then she gestures inward. Come on in. Um, my character will walk in, and as he's passing by her, he just nods his head and says, "Uh, thank same you." Same here. Falls in. And You're welcome. I'm guessing we've never seen a house like this before. My character is just a marvel at no. Thing that is very, very strange to her. Just looking at everything. Um, I'm gonna follow her in, and I'm gonna just sort of very quietly say, um, "Do you have a quiet room that I can use for like ten minutes?" Sure. Um, there um, is there is a sunroom. Um, if you go down this hall, and 
As you turn, as she's pointing, you see that the interior of this tree is massive compared to the exterior. This looks completely wow. different than what you were expecting. Mm-hmm. Um, but she points you down the hall towards a sunroom that uh, presumably has windows. Um, uh, if you if you don't want the, the light to get in, there are uh, blackout curtains. Um, you just come find me if you need anything else. I will start preparing supper. I'm gonna uh, I'm gonna bow a little bit and say thank you very, very like a little bit too heartfelt for the situation. Like I'm just sort of holding it together, and this little show of kindness is like it's like a, it's like a it's like a knot at the end of the rope, you know? Right. You and are so very welcome. Um and. Like, she doesn't necessarily want to meditate to, like, have a big conversation with her god. She mostly wants to make sure that they're able to connect, that she hasn't lost her god in losing her home. Um, she just wants to, you know, click the click the walkie-talkie, essentially, to see if it beeps on both sides. As you enter this meditative stance... What do you think of? It is hard for me to narrow down individual thoughts. Like, they're really racing, and it's making it hard to meditate. Um, I think just this feeling of loss is really all she can focus on. And, like, she, she... when there's too many thoughts, she'll pick an emotion and be like, okay, I need to just have something to be the only thing. And the only thing she's able to focus on in that, that like searching for a singular experience is sorrow, I think. As you sit there meditating in sorrow, you close your eyes and you wait and wait for an answer. And then you feel a hand on your shoulder. It's okay. You're okay. I'm just going to turn around and give her a real big hug. Like, arms, wings, all of it. Just, like, clinging and crying. You get a furry, winged hug in response. This is part of your journey. You will be okay. I know it's scary. Did you know this was going to happen? Well, I had the feeling, but even I can't see into the future. I guess I don't have to make her listen anymore. No. But I'd like to think that right before she sent you away, maybe she finally saw your potential. Maybe she thought that you could do something about this, and that's why she sent you here, rather than getting herself to safety. I don't know how a bird sniffles. However a bird sniffles, this she does. 
You'll be okay. Go back to your friends. Lean on them. You'll find your way. I'm glad I can still hear you. Of course. You took me with you. You look down and you see the gem on the chain. It's still glowing. There's still a galaxy in there. I laugh again, but it's because it's like very clearly half sobbing. But it's like on the edge of maybe maybe it'll be okay, you know. You guys share a, a moment in silence. You don't know how long it takes, but eventually there is a natural pause and you come out of the vision and you're sitting in the sunroom in a semi-dark sunroom. I, I would imagine you probably closed almost all of the blinds just so there's a tiny bit of light leaking in. Yeah, um, but mostly mostly dark so that I could actually like focus inward and you hear the clattering of pots and pans from far behind you deeper into the home I'm gonna get up and I'm gonna kind of wipe my eyes a little bit and I'm gonna go and make myself helpful however I can because I'm a cleric and that's what I do and I couldn't mm-hmm save anybody at home but I can at least be helpful right now and on the topic of being helpful our changeling you with an armful of berries you approach the counter and Nari looks back at you oh wow um honestly I hadn't planned on making a a galaberry pie but the more the merrier, I suppose. We do have a lot of people to feed. Um, can you just put those over in, in one of the bowls and I'll get to them in a second. Yes. And he does just that. Um, as you do that, the berries start to bicker and she walks over and she says, Hey, y'all stop it. This is no time for division. You're all berries you so and you're all tasty. They start to, they start I to die down. <laughs> they start to die down and accept that they're one and the same. Um, you guys hear whispers of them um, discussing more advanced topics like the politics of the Feywild and how they fit into the the grand scope of of things, which race they are most closely. Um, related to, and they they start to talk about advancements in um, berry technology and and building schools. They they really the gala berries evolve before your very eyes. Um, like out of character, I was going to have my character eat one of them, but I feel bad. Oh my god! Like out of character, oh, one of them definitely says, "Please eat us." Knowing what's going to fucking happen. <laughs> There is no greater death than a death in the belly of someone who deserves to eat me. As morbid as that is, um, yeah, he's going to eat one. 
as you do, all of the other ones cheer. I, I, I am actually in a state of shock right now. I'm so concerned. <laughs> and the Galaberry, what it does for you is it fills you with a sense of pride and it reinforces your... It reinforces the feeling of comfort that you have in this home and you get inspiration from that literally on your sheet um but the berry goes down smooth and easy it doesn't cheer when it's in your mouth or anything like that it just accepts its fate the other ones cheer um and you see nari starts to prepare pastry it's there anything I can do to help? Oh, sweetie, no, it's it's quite all right. Um, if you and your friends could just take a seat at the table, I'm sure this will only take me a little bit. I'm going to use magic anyway, so it should be fairly quick. Um, we will have to wait for Vela oh. to return, but I'm not. Make yourself comfortable, please. Subjects, but at least. For the so what you've done, do you have any new labor or hard labor? Oh no, 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 no! I won't have it. And don't you ever talk bad about yourself again. You, my friend, you are the tallest thing I have ever seen. You're about as tall as you are pretty. And you know what? On your way over to this here house, you grabbed more fruits than I could ever hold. So I should be thanking you. That definitely does. I want you but, oh, so to go take your hooves over there and plant them. <laughs> so nice. <laughs> I love her so much. <laughs> We're going to cut over to our scholar. Um, what are you thinking of or doing in this moment? I think I'm just so uh, caught up with the prospect of my uh, my dad and his expedition, uh, spelling the doom for the elder and everyone else. And um, I'd be lying if he wasn't excited that he's been teleported to this different place, though, because he feels like he's been like never been closer to you know figuring out what happened to his dad and if he can get over there you know what I mean so I think he's very much just lost in thought so you say that you you feel some sort of relief that you're in the Feywild and that you're somewhat closer to answers is there anything you want to ask Nari while you're thinking about this stuff um not in this moment, no. Do you join the others at the table? Yeah, for sure. Okay. And does our Aarakocra also take a seat? Uh, yes. She was trying to, like maybe wash food or vegetables and stuff, but I feel like she probably would have been waved off too. Uh, 
And so she'll go and she'll sit and she's not really making eye contact with anybody. Um, but it's it's more out of awkwardness yeah, than anything like else. If you're sitting next next to me, uh, I'm definitely going to start a conversation with you, just saying random topics like, "Well, uh, what do you like to do for fun?" <laughs> oh, I love it. Oh, uh, I carve. I carve Have stone you- and wood. I, I carved the appearance of my god, and they look like that now. Which is like, the like saying it now kind of made her realize how like, fucking wild that is. My <laughs> uh, character will. He acknowledges that that's cool as fuck, but she has like no real closeness to religion in any way so just hearing that just the basic sense sounds badass yeah well okay that's like shakes her out of it at least partially because like okay cool I'm not like the weird one in the room or at least even if I am that like I can have a conversation and it isn't bad <laughs> she's glad to have like potential friends she's kind of a loner but not really because she wanted to be yeah just I'll just keep on striking up random conversational topics with your character yeah nice. it, it's she's, she's definitely like trying to like she's giving back. It's not like one-sided. I just am like. No, no worries. Even if it was one-sided, I think my character would just continue talking. Oh yeah, no, it's not. It's just uh, she has more. She's a higher int score than I do. <laughs> As you guys share some casual conversations, um, eventually the door opens again to the home and you see a chocolate-colored dryad, um, very, very elegant, with vine clothing. Although she is a dryad, she still has her own um, dress made of vines and similar flowers around her head um, to Nari's. And you see Nari walk over and embrace her. Vela, look, we have guests. (laughs) I know you weren't expecting them, but, uh, you know, surprise, surprise. And the Dryad studies each of you. Guests, I see. And what are their names? And then Nari kind of like pauses for a moment. Uh, I I didn't actually. Oof! Wow, some host I am. She walks over to the table and places down the pie and the stew and plates in front of you. They sit down. So, what should we call y'all? <laughs> 